sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. Griff here with your Election Day special episode. Tony, you hear that? It's Hail to the Chef, everyone's favorite song. Uh, We all love our president here. We respect him. We're excited for another four to eight to some amount of years of that. Uh, Tony, you are there on site at Trump HQ today. Of course, this is a live episode of the Beer Engine uh, as we record all of them live. Um, you know how that is. Uh, live when you're listening to it, whenever this is. And Tony, like I said, you're on site at Trump HQ. You have been planning out the beer list. You have been serving folks as you get ready for the confetti to drop. Now tell us, what is everyone drinking at the HQ tonight? Uh, look, uh, Trump still has some business to do. So it's, it's Changi beer, of course. Got to get those deals done. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so you're not, you're not uncorking any, um, you know, you're down there probably, I'm, uh, I'm assuming you're down there in the Mar-a-Lago area. Um, you're not, uh, you're not cracking open any, uh, cigar city, any cycle, any, uh, you know, civil society beers or anything like that. Look, that was something we looked at. Um, I think the majority of the beer list, um, will be Michelob Ultra. Um, of course. Yep. I will, those. I will, I would like to get some vintage versions of those. I think um, <laughs> that that's essentially all Melania drinks is Michelob Ultra. Um, Donald, of course, famously doesn't have a drink. Um, Jared, um, look. The big man's just, just going in the bathroom, loading up on some yeah. speed or whatever. No, no. Trotting he, out there. He's a Coke and Marsala kind of guy. So Coke up the nose. Marsala in the glass in the bathroom. That's how he rolls. <laughs> Perfect. And Ivanka, and I'm, I'm not talking um, daughter, first wife, whatever her name was. I think I got that right. Um, Ivana. Ivana. She'll be drinking box wine in her ma- mansion many miles away. And but still, but still called you to to supply it. Is oh, what you're absolutely! Saying. I like you're bringing it over there. Like Rudy Giuliani, I'm a man of many, many. <laughs> I don't know what Rudy is. He's an alcoholic who is a threat to national security. Let's be honest. That's what that's who Rudy is. Um, when you, uh, Tony, not to not to bring back some some heart. Memories, but when when you saw the pictures of Rudy in the new Borat film, my wife. Uh, when you saw that, um, did that bring back sort of some flashbacks to maybe a a, a, a certain afternoon at the Gold Spike Hotel? Or well, it um, wasn't necessarily the Gold Spike Hotel, but I, I can um, I can it brought back memories of a limousine ride. So yes. <laughs> But there was was no- there another woman there? Parentheses <laughs> young. Well, n- no. This was okay, this was good. a woman of um, a very legal age, and um, <clears throat> it involved a desk lamp and a bed that didn't stand up. If you remember correctly, that sounds like boy. I got I got to believe that sounds like the gold spike. But I guess it was a limo. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, you and you and Rudy <laughs> living it up. 
living it up together. But uh, you, I know you like your women a little older, if not a lot older, if not <laughs> a lot decades, older than decades older, in fact. So. But just double it. <laughs> You're certainly in the ballpark at doubling it where Rudy likes his women by the look of it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so you've been down there at the Trump uh, HQ. You're on Cork and Beers. Um, you know, you know how all these, you know how all these liberals are, though. You know how they are with their with their craft beer. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a big issue. We only had a sort of forty percent of the breweries that we could actually use. So uh, the, a lot of these liberal breweries, we couldn't anything that that sort of empowered the employee. We couldn't. Certainly, certainly on the table for us. But even then, are they going far enough? Let's be honest. Like they're against unions. They have not. They have not squashed the the heart of the worker nearly as much as maybe another any other beer company has. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, but they're up there. They got to be in the top ten. You got to say. Are they up there with founders? No, that's a good point. Yeah. See, founders no. were definitely <laughs> founders were definitely on the table. But um, yeah, when I'm Trump sure. heard the uh, word Kentucky. Uh, he said, no, thanks. We've already got Mitch at the table. Yeah, you're already dealing with that guy, huh? Uh, now, now uh, I know you didn't get necessarily called by the Biden campaign, but uh, you might have friends in the year. I know all you bar people. You all love each other. Um, who, who, what, are they, what are they drinking tonight over at, over at uh, I don't know, where the hell is he, do you think? Fucking Delaware. What's a city in Delaware? One city in Del- Dover, Delaware. Dover. Like I thought of one. I pulled off one city in Delaware. Home of the Monster Mile for any NASCAR fans out there. Jesus Christ! All right. What are they? What are they? What are they hammering down there? Dogfish Head. That's in Delaware. Right? <laughs> that is in Delaware. Um, I think that'd be a choice, but I think it's a little too trendy, and it's a little too <laughs> modern. Boy, um, that's on. Yeah, it's on trend right now. Ninety-minute IPA. People can't get off of that shit these days, huh? Uh, you got to remember who you're talking to. This is Joe Biden. Um, this is not Bernie Sanders. Uh, this is not AOC. Right. This is not right. Um, any basic um, non-machine Democrat. This is a machine Democrat. So he's looking at Yingling, baby. I know you're not a fan of Yingling, but 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 Joe is. He he likes to look back in the past, and he likes to reach across the aisle. So Yingling is the the, the beer of choice, not a great choice. He's grabbing, but he's but grabbing that choice. beer and saying, "Get over here, yeah, look, listen here, Jack. Let me get let me get this. Let me. I, I remember playing stickball with with." Uh, you know, Big Willie out in the out in the ball yards of the Dover. I don't know the stockyards, <laughs> and we were swinging it around and drinking a glass of Yingling chocolate Hershey's Porter. And uh, nah, I don't know. Well, that is our dessert beer of choice. Um, which? Oh, okay. You're you're doing the four course brunch brunch pairing over there at the. Well, at the we were only going to do it sort of uh, finger food style. So, but we were going to. Do like a tasting menu of finger food as we rotate round. Of course, starting with with your classics like brioche, moving into shrimp, moving oh, into yeah. a soup course in shot glasses. Gazpacho, <laughs> um, in fact. Yeah. Supporting the American farmer, so potato and corn, of course. Oh yeah. With it, with a touch of rice, maybe a little bit of wheat and barley, um, and then then we move our way through to dessert. 
which of course is pavlova. Nothing more American than pavlova. Yeah, that does sound pretty American. Of course, it's it's baked Alaska because a whole of America is going to be on fire. So why not why not kick it off in style? Yeah, good point. Um, and lastly, Tony, uh, since I've been over there, because um, you know little little freaks like Griff, they all like their little green party guys, and then they like getting yelled at on Twitter for for voting for him. I get off on that. Um, over at Howie's Howie Hawkins HQ, um, I was just I was just uh, bonging Keyhouse uh, Keyhouse Keystone. <laughs> I was just uh, unloading Key, Keystone and Ice House half and half. I was I was uh, pouring it in the funnel. Uh, Howie was holding up the funnel, you know, letting it tip and tip, you know, powering the gravity for me so that I could take down one or two cans at a time. Well, see, I thought uh, being that's what a we were green doing party, over there. We were having a nice time, in fact. Yeah. Well, I thought being a Green Party um, candidate, he would have been going to one of the breweries that is carbon neutral or or energy neutral at least. Um, to be fair, I think probably the biggest breweries are the closest to doing that, if I had to guess. Unless you're going to get a brewery from like Iceland that's doing steam-powered brewing or something like well, that. Well, somewhere up in Alaska is doing something similar to that, and, and they're fairly... Energy neutral? Is it Anchorage that are doing that? It might be Anchorage. That'd be great if I if I could feel like I was not like slapping a child twelve thousand miles away every time I drink one of those chocolate stouts or whatever that I paid fifty dollars for. At least you're twelve thousand miles away. I drink one of those expensive fifty dollars stupid stouts from Anchorage, and I'm like some like Bangladeshi child had to like get held underwater for 40 seconds. So I could drink this. Everything's guilty. <laughs> I, I'm just like, I did it. I'm sorry. Come, come get me. I fucked up. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, that's the election breakdown from the beer engine podcast. Um, how depressing was that Tony? I, one out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel um, like I, I feel like I got up there pretty good. Yeah, that's um, all we got right here. You're in Australia. What? How are you feeling about this? Do you feel like we're on? Are we on our way to you know kind of a a new era of success? Is that is that what's being perpetuated <laughs> across overseas? USA headed to a a new era of of um uh, a global global power and influence for good. Um, I wouldn't say that's the atmosphere that's coming mm. from Australia. I would um say there's a a pinch of doom mixed with a pinch of what the fuck. Um, actually, mm-hmm. more than a pinch of what the fuck. What the fuck is really the majority of the dough. Um, and there's a high hydration of shrug of the shoulders. Um, right. It probably does mean that um, the US's power as far as being a trade partner will be diminished. So that's... Uh-huh. Always going to be interesting from an Australian point of view, but it should be remembered that Rupert Murdoch still owns a number of Australian newspapers and, of course, our one and only cable news outlet, Sky News. So the pundits on there, of course, are giving a very fair and balanced um, picture about the US election. Wink. So you've sort of got these these two sides of the coin where it's, where any non-Murdoch-owned newspaper is like, what the fuck is going on with Trump? And then you've got every opinion writer on the Murdoch pages writing like a mini Tucker Carlson. Right. Do you guys have the same, is it the same Sky News company that you see in every other part of the world? Um, 
Yes. Well, okay. but it's, it's local. So the news anchors are local. The opinion hosts are local hosts. So like in England we, where you get Sky News that you're perhaps familiar with, they have their own local hosts. They have their own local opinion um, hosts as well. Um, same thing over here. And it tends to tends to be the most right-leaning of all our um, mainstream medias that we've got. Sure. Um, Makes sense. Uh, so, Tony, oh, yeah, what you got? It's just I find it funny that um, considering how many Simpsons references were made, especially because um, Fox Broadcasting were at the time owned by Rupert Murdoch, how many people forget that he is Australian based on the amount of times the Simpsons made fun of him and the terrible accent that they gave him during those, yeah. those early days of the Simpsons. Now, I remember when he was getting in fights in jail with Sideshow Bob. That's a, that's a favourite Rupert, Rupert uh, uh, um, moment. Uh, yeah, but he's definitely, yeah, obviously Australian if you ever saw the Simpsons. Um, but people probably just think he's British. I mean, we're all idiots here. We don't know any better. I mean, I, I spent, I was watching come dine with me last night and I spent like five minutes trying to analyze this lady's accent and she was from Canada. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm stupid. I can't fucking pay attention to any of this shit anymore. Well, um, speaking yeah. of accents that you might not be aware that are, that are fake and, or that you, you didn't know that you should have kept an eye out for on great British bake off the former host. Um, What's her her name? Um, oh, Sandy. Sandy is not actually British born. I think she's Danish, right? She is Danish, and um, through mimicking the English um, speakers, she has developed a somewhat posh accent. So, uh, yeah, just an interesting. Yeah, she fact. had she had like she had like a yeah posh accent. I think is the right the right. Uh, uh, call there uh, sort of the gentle the very gentle british accent right i mean that's what we is that that's how i understand that accent to sound when i hear people say they have a posh accent it's it sound they're assuming they're from you know fucking chelsea or whatever you know it's certainly not a cockney accent for sure but i, I find it interesting that the bbc actually sh- shaped the the modern british accent um and that with an accent that didn't actually exist, they they wanted their hosts um, to sound really middle class, and they they sort of shaped the English language with how they chose to um, promote them on air. It's happened here too. I think I think a lot of regional dialect has died off. Um, obviously, you can still hear a lot of it, and probably my voice, in fact. But um, in general, people tend to have a more um, sort of, I guess the the news anchor dialect i guess the the topeka dialect i guess as they might say right so very middle of the country uh accent uh you get a lot more of that even in yeah you know, i had a friend who was born and raised in in alabama that really had no no discernible uh southern accent so uh there's, there's a, a lot more of that coming around do you think that's a deliberate um ploy by broadcasters or or whatever drives that or do you think it's just because news anchors get shipped around and that's just and the world is a lot more open these days and everybody's moving in from everywhere else and especially if if you happen to have a university in your town you're all always going to sort of mingle and, and group together and it's going to change and evolve accents 
it's probably going to change more, right? I mean, I would, I would figure that, I don't know, I guess a kid maybe growing up watching fucking Honey Boo Boo or whatever is probably going to be different than, you know, me watching the Channel 7 News or whatever I was watching uh, for when I was a kid. I don't know. What did I watch? I don't know. But, um, <laughs> I have no idea what you watched as a kid. Yeah. I can tell fucking you what Tiny you... Tunes and Channel 7 News and some other bullshit. Um, I can tell I you think, what you watched uh, as, I, an, as a sort of growing adult. You watched a great deal of, of animated comedies, whether it be King of the Hill or The Simpsons. Yeah. But I, Simpsons, I find, King of the Hill, and Food Network. I don't know whether your accent would be described as a Chicago accent, but certainly to me it does have a Midwest um, right. signposting. It, there are certain um, Midwest um, phrasings or emphasis is rather than a midwest accent that that i read as a, a person that um comes from somewhere other than america i don't know whether you think that's true or not i have enough of a chicago accent to probably be recognized with especially with short vowel sounds my uh kelly has a much uh she won't like that I'm, i say this but she has a much more discernible chicago accent she, she does um, yep yeah really obvious um you know, ask her to say next time we next time we get around, we'll make her. Well, we got to figure out an excuse to make her say Costco. Costco. The uh, if you're familiar with the store, actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. you have locations of it, so you wouldn't be. But uh, yeah, the way she says it is is very. You can guess how she says it. I guess really easily. <laughs> uh, that makes it very clear that she's from Chicago. So you'll uh, you'll get a, you'll get a kick out of that. Um, so Tony. Uh, Another thing uh, that happened this week was we were drinking beer. Kind of an odd thing for us to do, don't you think? Yeah, very at least odd. unusual. Um, yeah, I was I was going at him this week. Uh, it's going to be even worse this week, coming week, because uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's election day. So the the week prior to when you were listening to this, um, I will I will have been drunk for the entire time. But uh, uh, this past week here, I was drinking some delicious beers. Um, one one beer I wanted to highlight here was a beer I drank yesterday from a brewery I, I think you're probably a little bit familiar with from me talking about it called Omnipoyo. Are you from? Do you remember these folks, Tony? Uh, absolutely. Uh, did they feature in one of our games, or is it their pilsner that you're a fan of? There's something specific that that was made reference on this show about Omnipoyo. I'm not sure, but uh, I. I do like their Pilsner and I have had their Pilsner. They're a Swedish brewery. I've been to their sort of flagship location. Uh, kind of a, not even a humble brag, just a straight up brag. Um, and they make sort of very, uh, I guess, bombastic, I'd say pastry beers also. So uh, this beer that I drank uh, yesterday was a triple IPA. It was a, it was called ice creamy white milk chocolate mango, uh, triple IPA with cocoa nibs, white chocolate, mango, and lactose sugar. Um, it was pretty tasty, Tony. I don't know if I got all of these flavors cause I don't know how I could, but, um, is that something you would go after if you, if you dug that up over at, um, your, your little local store there, would you, would you be? Would you be trying this out? Of course I would. You know that. I did mm -hmm. have nothing quite that extreme as far as ice cream beers go this week, but we have an ice cream in Australia called a splice. It's um, it's like an ice cream on a stick with like a popsicle crust around the outside of it, and it's normally okay. 
lime is a classic flavour, and um, Moondog had a spice of heaven pine lime ice cream IPA, which um, actually rated it four percent. So certainly a mango, um, a mango white chocolate uh, ice cream triple IPA. I would certainly go after. That sounds like it would. I wasn't real sure on the pairing of white chocolate and mango. I'm not not sure whether I'm sold on that, but as long as it had a few vanilla notes from the ice cream, I think that would work really well with and, the mango. And that's what I think was missing, Tony. I mean, okay. it was a good tasting. Uh, the hops uh, were very clear still. It's actually fresher than any Omnipoyo beer I've gotten to have before. This was canned on the 12th of October. Gee, that's not bad. Um, yeah, and... Uh, the mango and the and the hop flavor really overpowered everything. I would say um, some vanilla. I think would have put this would have put this in that category. There is something about just sort of that taste of um, that sort of finishing flavor that you would get from vanilla. You know that sort of gives it a very ice creamy type experience. I don't think the chocolate did much work at all in this. Um, Maybe I was drunk because it's ten percent alcohol, so maybe I was just shit canned by the time I got it warm enough that I uh, would have tasted any of it. But I wasn't getting enough clarity in in chocolate flavor for that to read through the mango. So and, a very tasty beer. Uh, I rated it pretty well. I'm sure I gave it a four point five, like I give everything. But um, it's uh, it it was not. I wasn't getting all of these flavors that. I said I, I would drink it again. It's very yummy. Yeah, but what do you get out of white chocolate? That's that's one of the things when you were I describing that I, I wasn't really sure what that was bringing. I, I like white chocolate, but I'm not sure what flavor it brings. Yeah, it's sweet, right? I mean, that's that's really it. And you know, the lactose is going to give you enough sweet, and the mango is going to give you a lot of sweet and tart. And so white chocolate's just lost, right? Because it's pretty compared to these other things, pretty delicate, right? Yep. I would have I would have yanked the white chocolate and put in a bunch of vanilla. That would have been my that'd have been my move. But uh hey, you know, Omnipoyo hasn't called me up yet. So, you know, give me a shout, guys, if you want some tips from a professional drinker. I I had three sorry, I had four beers rated four point five or above from myself. Mm-hmm. Um so interesting ones that I'll um, we had a single hop, um, Motoika. Um, that that was really interesting. Um, a, an IPA that was delicious. Um, I I cracked open the box of stouts and had the Imperial Stout, which I I'm not sure whether I underrated it, knowing that there is a rum and a bourbon um, version coming behind it, and I only gave it four point seven five. Probably is a five but I just wanted to mm. give a chance for the variants to, to, to hit those super high notes. But, sure. I, but I'm not averse to giving a, a five. And, of course, my good friends at Deeds, they have quickly mm. become my brewery of choice, um, did a collab beer with Source Brewing, and it's called Photosphere. Boy, did I have trouble saying that. It's, uh, it's a double New England style IPA, so 8.5%, just packed full of a shit ton of hops, um, 
really, really delicious. Um, you got all the tropical notes. It was thick. It was a thick boy. You couldn't see through yeah, it. That's, it uh, is a thick boy. This looks like a burial beer. It's even got the right alcohol percentage. Yeah, it was. It was a five out of five. Yeah, um, baby. It 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 was the the kind of thing that you have talked about for a long time, and uh, yeah, this this really hit the spot. So that was my highlight for the week, and it was it was a high point week. I think it would be the best drinking week I've had since we started this podcast. Oh my god! Look at that. Yeah, this beer looks good, Tony. Um, one other beer I wanted to get your feel on, and I wanted to play a, a classic uh, little game you and I play. Um, I drank a beer, Tony. Don't don't pull this one on your untapped yet, because I want I want you to play the guessing game with me. Of course. Uh, see, I'm going to do two beers with you on this. So um, I drank two beers that I would call very traditional beers. Um, okay. And, well, maybe maybe one of them isn't super traditional, but it's more traditional than a lot of the stuff you and I drink. So one of the beers was uh, I was over at Half Acre. They closed their patio for the for the winter this week this past weekend. Mm. I wanted to get in there one more time. Probably went there five times, um, but they closed everything. Right? They're not going to have it indoors either, obviously. But they uh, okay. they just closed it because it's cold they don't have anything to do um and they don't really feel like dealing with it for the winter and i understand that i you know i wish they would but you know if they're making plenty of money on package which they probably are and burritos to go then they're probably doing fine but this was a a non-adjuncted american stout uh it is six percent stout drink it out of a big pint glass uh, it's called Original Reaper. It was absolutely delicious. No adjuncts, like I said. Sweet, no m- lactose. It had a nice sweet flavor, not but not like, uh, I guess, synthetically sweet. Just sweet roasted malt. Uh, sort of like a like a little bit of a Werther's type flavor, if you're familiar okay. with Werther's. Yep. The uh, little caramel hard candies. I think Werther's are ubiquitous around the world. So, yes, very familiar. Very bitter coffee finish. Um, so, uh, Tony, I love this beer. Uh, I thought it was very excellent. Uh, what do you think is the rating across 6,500 ratings on, uh, on Untapped? The American Stout is an underrated style. Um, I think it's it's one of the beers that once you start delving into dark beers that can can really hook you. It's a beer that you don't see, or I don't see particularly much of here in Australia anymore. Um, it was a beer that that I I really enjoy. Um, does it get the plaudits it deserves? I'm going to say this comes in at a fraction under four, like just a hair, like three point nine six. Tony, stout in America is broken. The people who drink it are broken. And this gets a 3.72, um, a very unfortunate rating uh, for this very delicious beer. Probably one of the best kind of, and I guess when I define American stout by the taste, I would say sweeter than a dry stout, but drier than a sweet stout. If I, if I could just uh, phrase it that way, right? It's It's not as sweet as, say, uh, or as uh, as even like left hand milk stout. Yeah, certainly not. It, That's um, sweet. But it has, uh, but it's certainly got more body to it than say a 
let's let's say Guinness for the sake of familiarity, but even a nice like if you had a I don't know Guinness is fine, whatever. Um, it's it's definitely got more body to it than a Guinness, you know. But I think Guinness is is designed to be a different beer to an American stout. It, it, oh my god, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a total. I mean, that's why I'm saying this is sweeter than a beer like this, right? This is not. This is that. That's a dry Irish stout. It's got a whole other yeah. universe it lives in. Yeah, yeah, and uh, because my place on a, I think they they are all sort of designed to be a progressive beer where they they come in on a beer pallet, on a beer paddle, sorry, at a reasonable point, and I think as you sort of second to last or last beer, that's where the American stout actually comes in on the tasting paddle. Where I think if you were to do the same thing with Guinness, that that's number one or number two on a beer paddle. All day drinking, where a blonde ale or something may fit. Yeah, this was a great beer. Uh, in the cold, it was it was maybe forty eight degrees on Saturday. Now you say it's broken at three point seven five. I I think that's that says to me that um it, it's not that clinic critically underrated. I only had it point. No, it's not like a three point three. And I I'll, to be honest, the way we rate um. Lager is truly broken, right? I mean, like fucking flywheels, like a three point two or something. I mean, we don't know what we're doing, but uh, no, I think that's fair. I mean, that's not that's not out of the. We're not we're not giving this a two and saying like, where's the where's the coconut? You know, I mean, yep. as much as I love coconut, you know, but you know, you do go down the list and you see a, a handful of of threes and couple of couple of 2.75s and you sort of get the get the jitters about that right but um Absolutely. you know what i'm just not going to look at those let's scran 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 right past them um but you're sort of coming to terms with something I've, i'm dealing with with the australian beer culture is people think that 3.5 on their scale because everybody's scale is independent is an amazing beer. They go amazing three point five, and I, I don't know what that extra point and a half is there for if they're not going to pop it up into that that top echelon. But um, see, I think this is the poison of rate of how employees do employee uh, reviews of how you get reviewed for work. And I don't know, you probably aren't familiar with this, Tony. When you have your employer, when your uh, when your boss does reviews with you they always seem to be very careful about giving you a, a high rating because that would imply they have to give you a, a serious raise, you know, if you're outperforming your, your sort of level, you know? Yes. Um, and I think we've just carried that type of rating scale over into everything we rate. It's like, well, if I'm only a 3.25 of an employee out of five, then this fucking beer isn't any more than that either. If that makes sense, <laughs> it it does. Um, I was going to say it's something that doesn't happen as often in Australian in employee uh, reviews, but I was familiar with it. I think John and Oliver did a deep dive into it at one stage. So yes, I'm familiar with the American culture in regards to that specifically. Um, and you could be right, but I'm I'm not so sure what's so pervasive in Australia. So this is another beer I wanted you to take a take a listen to, Tony. Another uh, another beer I want you to grab a rating for. So. So is this the um, uh, less traditional out of the two? It is, I would say, yeah. This okay. is, um, but it's still, it's not out of the realm of uh, of commonality, I guess. This is a beer they, they make all year round. 
second shift brewing. Uh, it's called Katie. Uh, it's a classic. I think this is well known in most places in the Saison community. As, uh, so this is a, so here's the description. Don't know what to call it besides a Brett beer. This one gets aged for three months in oak barrels with Britannomyces lambicus, a cool yeast that gives this beer a wonderfully pretty aroma and flavor that anyone better, everyone better like, or else I'll look you up and teach you a lesson. Um, it's a very uh, well-known beer in the circles of um, Farmhouse and Cezanne. Um, this is a five-star all day for me. Doesn't get better than this. It's uh, beautifully tart, but not tart in any sort of other way than just refreshing and um, and but not in the kettle sour way even right. It's just got the deep age character uh, uh, type of uh but but like a lemon type tartness that that's very easy to drink um now does this make sense if i say this like an aged orval the way that that sort of um sours sure. out that's not, that's not crazy yeah i would say um just in the sourness the other, yeah the the other beers that cross into this realm to me are and this beer comes in a 12 ounce can, by the way, and you can buy a four pack of cans for like $11. If you're wondering. Um, what this so bad. But, and so I'll compare this to like, this is in the tired hands, Mickler Bauhan um, realm of high end, lightly tart, delicate Saison that, yep. um, that I think breweries like that has Fanta Flora does a really nice job with that. Wicked Weed, well known for that before they became you know, super corporate, but all, even their beers, I think have a little bit of that, although they make a lot of really tart stuff too. But this is a, uh, this is an absolute delight. It's a five-star all day. Tony, what do you think this is getting? I think um, it gets some, um, some dinging because it is a Brett beer. And I, I don't think a lot of people really know what's going on with, with Brett and they're expecting more of that in your face warhead type soundness that, that isn't there. I get what you're saying. It's more subtle than that. There'll be a, a little bit of funk, but this isn't a funk bomb. This is not not barnyard all day. Um, this sounds perfect. So therefore, I think it's rated really low, really low. And uh, I know you say it's a five all day. It's probably a five all day for me. But I'm going to say this is under three and a half. This is three point four six. A little low, three point eight four. Actually, not horrible for this one. Um, and uh, people are getting smarter, in fact. Uh, even if you look at the new vintages, uh, they're actually in the fours for the newer vintages. Um, I didn't know we were doing vintage ratings of KD, honestly. But there's 16,253 ratings of KD, 3.84. Really not bad. Um, no. I would presume it's grown quite a bit um, over the years. And I will say the fruited variants of KD are out of this world um they didn't have any when i was there uh a couple weeks ago but the fruited katie variants are nuts they're so good give me two of those nuts nut variants what 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 are you going i've got to have that off the untapped list blueberry katie i am i am beating down the door um to get blueberry katie and then um, Raspberry Katie, I'm on that all day. 
Apricot Katie, Peach Katie, Blackbeard Katie. <laughs> I said two. I said two. Give me all of them. Dry hopped Katie, <laughs> Plum Katie. The dry hop doesn't even have fruit I in want it. Oh, uh, yeah, whatever. Dry hop. Well, what's, what is a hop? A hop is a plant of some kind, right? It's a rhizome that you use the um, bud of. Honestly, I'm just looking at all of them right now because it's hard to think of which one i want because you can only get them down there i would say the stone fruit ones i guess are probably my favorite so i'm going after like peach cherry peach apricot you know those yeah. those three um damn you i love katie and i still got uh, i think i got two cans left so getting a little dicey over here um i just realized that we're only uh, two months out from Christmas, um, which Christmas oh, in itself, God. not not a particularly exciting exciting holiday for me, but it does mean that the cherry man is only one month away from coming to town. Well, not my town, actually a town about half an hour away, um, and he grows cherries for Christmas, and they are magnificent. Always get a couple of kilos of cherries, um, and I'm really excited for those can do a bunch of things with them have put them in beers in the past probably not enough of them with the way beers are fruited currently and if i was home brewing these days i would be putting four kilos of those suckers into a beer but they are the best cherries i've ever had sorry for the diversion away from beer there for a second i love cherry beers are are my favorite i if i didn't mention it before uh i think i had to mentioned it but i've still have six bottles of michelar sponsored cherry in my basement so I will be all that'll be a it'll be my winter winter treat hopefully uh, is pouring all six into my mouth at once like Badlands chugs uh, holding them <laughs> up you know taking them down like that you know quintuple barreling them you know uh Tony I know we're 45 minutes into the show or however long it's been 35 minutes but um I thought I'd bring up uh hey we got some listener email this week so I wanted to read that to you uh this was from djk uh email address is a yahoo email address so clearly this guy is you know over 40 so <laughs> which good, i think you know that's correct isn't it dj Khaled? yeah i mean let's read it and see what we think he begins yo 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 dj Khaled's you lawyer here enough of your talk DJK asked me to dish out another one and then another one to you. He and his homegirl, Megan T, are about to own your little show. And the 50K listeners, you pimp your glass whales and multifunction ovens to end a sentence with a preposition. So not very lawyery. Uh, he goes on, uh, see, once the Khaled learned that you were driving sales of BLS, see, he had to get down. The only way for him to get down on that Celsius scratch, take you out, legally speaking. Here's the new logo. K&M will be in your respective joints to peep all your shit soon. Cordially, another one, DJ Collins Lawyer Esquire. And he did send us a logo. Tony, I'm sure uh, I'll get this on Instagram. Don't worry. I got to say impeccably uh, altered, really. Did not cut off any of the letters at all, if you look at it. So you, you can't you can't blame him for that. Um, 
and uh, points out that, you know, the show is now hosted by DJ Khaled and Megan Trainer. So next week, I guess DJ, DJ Khaled and Megan Trainer will be maybe doing something <laughs> with the show. I got really excited because I thought it was Megan the Stallion uh, when <laughs> at the top of the email. Yeah. I was thinking we could get some WAP uh, and some Ben Shapiro action in it. But uh, I would, if 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 Meg the Stallion would like to join the show, I am all, <laughs> I'm all, I'm all whatever she wants to be. I don't know. It's fine. Give me, a, <laughs> call me up. <laughs> but what have you got against um, Megan Trainer, who was a one-hit wonder, wasn't she? Or am I that out of touch with um, modern? To music? be fair, if Megan Tra- if Megan Trainer wanted to be on the show, I I think I'd be fine with that. I maybe wouldn't be quite as like amped up. We'll say if that's the polite way to say it. I would not be full tilt. You wouldn't be as moist. Yeah, I guess. All right. <laughs> um, sure. That's that's about right. But I probably uh I probably still you know. Whatever. <laughs> I, DJ Khaled would be great. I'd, let's get him in here. That's fine, too. Another one. Probably not going full mast for DJ Khaled. But that's her. right. Look, you got to take risks in life to meet certain people, whether it be the President of the United States or DJ Khaled. I'm more prepared to do it for the latter than I am the former. Well, you're already there with the President, so how many risks do you have to take at this point? Well, um, well, the bigger risk is being around Mike Pence because, come on, is he human or is he zombie? He's been calling you mother all day. I mean, you do have motherly, you do have a motherly nature. You're, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll tuck someone in. I know how you are. Um, all right, so we got another uh, another note we got. From some feller on Instagram named J. Rome. Has kind of a funny last name. Can't pronounce it. Don't know who that could possibly be. But uh, uh, he said he was listening on his drive up to Central Maine today. And uh, one of his favorite candies is a Tootsie Pop. Uh, Might make a good beer, chocolate, and strawberry Tootsie Pop. Uh, Tony, what do you think of that? What do you think of that point? I, I was sort of skeptical of the idea of a Tootsie Pop serving as a good beer vehicle, but... Um, what do you what do you think of J. Rome's comment here? See, I don't know how much strawberry flavour the Tootsie Pop actually has. You can comment on this in a second. But as I was saying a couple of weeks ago, I had one that um, was a Redskin um, candy stout. Sure. And it works. Right. And it's a kind of raspberry flavour. It's not a, a full-on, like, this is real fake raspberry. But it, it does have a candied raspberry. Raspberry flavor, and that really came through in the beer, and it worked. But from your description, I'm not sure whether a Tootsie Pop had enough flavor that it was bringing to the game. See, my my take on a Tootsie Pop is the red is the red one, and it's a cherry, quote unquote, you know, air quote cherry. So, I mean, you could confuse it for a strawberry. I might be wrong. I don't know. We might be tasting the same thing and saying two different fruits that it doesn't taste like. It tastes like red fruit, and uh, it's a uh, it's a little bit sweet. Well, it's a lot of bit sweet, and it's a little bit tart. And then there's the tootsie roll on the inside. And Tony, I don't know how many tootsie rolls you've eaten in your life, but it's tootsie roll has just this sort of faux chocolate taffy flavor. I mean, doesn't really 
Have you ever had a Tootsie Roll, Tony? I have not. So I, I was definitely relying on your descriptor. It's like a chewy, chewy chocolate, chocolate in air quotes, uh, chewy chocolate thing, you know, a little roll up uh, that uh, costs like a half of a cent per piece. And the and you're the shittiest house on the block hands them out all week and then but then like whatever I, it's actually something I would eat I don't mind them but they they aren't good um, and then the worst house on the block actually is not the one that hands out tootsie rolls it's the one that hands out the fucking fruit flavored tootsie rolls get out of here with that we got we got to we got to end that <laughs> you've got some really strong feelings when it comes to tootsie rolls don't you. They make them. I, th- I swear they make them around here, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which I very well could be. I don't really know. Um, another comment we got, Tony, was from um, from our friend Mister Wise, who uh, saw my picture of the burial beer I, I posted, uh, the guillotine of contemplation. Uh, he said it uh, reminds me of any one of Nightmares labels, and I am familiar with Nightmares. They make some very tasty beers, um, some New England beers, some some fruited beers. Actually, been getting a little bit of those out here. Um, and I actually was drinking this beer while we've been recording the show. It's very tasty. The Guillotine of Contemplation, very, very, very good uh, New England IPA. Excellent. Nine percent. Um, it'll get you, get you tipsy. I have done some research for you, and I can confirm that uh, Tootsie Roll is manufactured in Chicago. There you go. At Tootsie Roll Industries. All right. Well, Tony, when you're here, we're going to do a tour. We'll go on a we'll go on a live tour. We'll, we'll mask up and we'll go do on go do a tour of the Tootsie Roll factory, and we'll uh, we'll grab a handful of them and see if we can put them into a some Tootsie Pops and see if we can get them into a beer. Try it out. Why not? What type of beer would you think a Tootsie? What, what like a like a, a chocolate a chocolate cherry lollipop? Would you put that in a beer? I would, um, if it brings enough of the lollipop flavour, because otherwise you're just making another sweet chocolate stout. And I think this is this is definitely sweet dessert stout, ice cream light, oh God, not yeah. quite not quite as thick. Go easy on the lactose, but need a little bit of it just to bring a touch of of sweetness. Um, quite quite a high um, proportion of grains that don't ferment out. Give us. Give us some sweetness there. Um, I I really think, based on what I had with with a beer similar to that, I think it works in that style of beer. I wouldn't be doing anything else other than than a really really sweet stout dessert style stout. Perfect. Yeah, I would, no, you're not going to drop that into a Brett beer. Tootsie <laughs> cherry Tootsie Pop, uh, Katie. We're not going to roll that out. Look, All right, I guess. We, that's what you've got real fruit for. If you're going to go to the trouble of, of aging a Brett beer and then you're going to um, dump fake flavour into it, no thanks. But if they're going to, going to put real cherry into it, delightful. Um, but can you think of any other styles w- where it would be appropriate other than a very, very um, sweet dessert stout? Uh, no, I can't possibly think of anything else. You, I mean, what do you... <laughs> I don't know, a, a creek. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm good. I think we, uh, maybe we try it in this stout, but I, I, overall, I I think maybe Tootsie Rolls on their own might have more potential to actually be tasted. I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if lollies in any way are going to get, get a whole lot 
and I can't be able to squeeze a whole lot out of those, but, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll try it out and see. All right, Tony. So, um, one last beer, uh, bit of personal beer news was I did go, uh, did get to swing up to revolution and pick up the new round of, uh, deep wood series, which we've been of course following and tracking the, the progress of, uh, Throughout the throughout the winter, um, starting with me uh, reading them all out online for some reason, but uh, picked up Deeth Star Cafe Deeth and Maple Deeth. Uh, the Deeth this year's I think this year's Deeth Star is about as good as it gets, Tony. It's great. If I remember correctly, you were most excited about Maple Deep Deeth Star, weren't you? Or was it the I, I was uh, coffee variant? So I think the maple is the was the one with limits so i was pretty curious about it. i'm not i'm not always totally nuts about the maple oh, that's right beers but this one had a very delicate maple flavor i thought just brought some extra sweetness with a little bit of sort of dark sort of that little like maple character you know the dark sugar character um beautiful barrel flavor it's like 15, uh, it's like 13%. Uh, very, very good. Um, really enjoyed the maple, but I actually think the original really stood out this year as an instant classic. Um, it'll probably, it certainly, I would expect it will end up being rated much lower on untapped than say uh, the, the bourbon County stout. But I think this is the best one they've ever made of uh, the original D star, a ton of complexity, um, it's getting a 4.47 on untapped this year's oh. vintage. Holy smokes. Um, for a non adjuncted Imperial style barrel aged, wow. uh, it's 14 and 14.8% 14. this year. Good Lord. Um, ton of depth, ton of complexity, little, little like hints of, uh, I mean, it's certainly got the caramel flavor that's sort of, I think characteristic of all the revolution barrel stuff, this very deep car- caramel taste almost barley wine-ish sometimes, even with the stout. Um, so caramel, vanilla, you know, whiskey flavors, you know, that just come out more clear in the sweet stout. But uh, just a lot more of it this year. Um, and not nearly, you know, the burn that we might have gotten from E-Star in the past. Holy smokes, it's good. Um, and it's going to be available like the damn jewel. So get your hands on this if you're in the Chicago area or anywhere close, you're probably going to see it. So. Now God, you can't recommend highest recommendation. You talk about this damn jewel. Is this a supermarket or something? I'm I'm not familiar with the jewel. I'm not in Ju- Chicago. Of jewel course. jewel is uh, you've been to Vegas, Alberton. It's actually okay. literally Alberton. So it's, it's it's just got a different name. Okay, yep. So you can pick it up at your local supermarket. Yeah, go to yeah, go to go to any supermarket in the Midwest, and you should be able to find this, which is remarkable. That's amazing to me that you could get this pretty much anywhere. I mean, no, that that does sound crazy to me that a beer of this quality could be available at any random supermarket. I could understand. If you want to be safe, you would go to like go to Binnie's, you know, the liquor, the big liquor store. Go to, um, you know, whatever your local bottle shop. But there, I mean, honestly, the the reason that a place like Jewel or or a grocery store like that gets a lot of it is because they sell a lot of base revolution beers, right? So they get first dibs on all this stuff, you know? 
and they can't they, they can't sell it there because fancy beer people don't go there to buy it. So it's probably <laughs> just going to be sitting at a lot of them. I mean, people buying their Tombstone frozen pizzas and their twenty five YoPlay fat free yogurts don't also buy a eight eight cans of Deep Star. So and uh, just how it is. So lucky, lucky you guys if you if you hit that up. I got one more bit for today. Uh, you ready? Absolutely. All right. So Tony, for in honors of, in honors in honor of Election Day, uh, I have put together a probably a, a purposefully impossible game for you to deal. Because um, we're because here in America, Tony, we're all playing the impossible game of living here, uh, and. Um, and for some people, it's more impossible than others because of, you know, being born, you know. But uh, it's uh, it's going to get dark. And this game, in fact, will probably get darker and darker as we go. Because this game, I think you're really going to have a hard time with. And I laughed the entire time I made it. This is a this or that classic this or that beer engine podcast. Uh, this or that. And the two things you have to choose from, Tony... Are these names, uh, are these people, I guess, uh, Trump aides or head brewers? <laughs> now, I will say I chose this because people who are head brewers in the States have lots of funny names. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, what other occupations here have funny names, Tony? Uh, college basketball coaches. Yes. College baseball players have funny names. Um, chefs have funny names a lot of times. Ice hockey uh, players. And brewers, ice hockey players have funny names. And brewers have funny names. And, and Trump aides have very funny names. In fact, one of these names, I came up to Kelly and said it out loud, and she said, that sounds like a Nazi. And I said, well, you're not far off. So <laughs> what name we can see that? if you can guess which Steven one. Stephen Miller. Who, uh, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> I didn't throw that one in there. I thought that might be too easy. None of them are Donald Trump either. I, I just want to be clear. What about Brian's favorite person in the world, Donald Trump Jr.? I should have thrown that in there for fun but, and, and said he was a brewer. Um, so I got, I got, uh, I'm going to give you a little hint here. I, got, I do have five of each and I mixed them up. So if you, if you need to do math in your head, which, I'm sure you will. Uh, you can try to track. You can try to track that down. I don't really trust you to even be able to do that. So I feel like I'm just giving <laughs> you nothing here. But all right, here's your first one, Tony. Is this a Trump aide or a brewer? Here's the name Russell Vaught. Wow, Russell Vaught. He sounds like a Trump aide, but. I can't remember seeing him being made fun of by Sam Cedar or on a cable news channel. I'm going to say he's a head brewer. Tony, this is actually uh, the acting director of U the U.S. Office of Management and Budget, an, an <laughs> office that I could barely believe existed. Um, the U.S. Office of Management. Very good. Um Russell Vaught is the acting director of this. And there were, I got to say, going through the age, there were a lot of acting directors, which is <laughs> sort of telling to the legislative success of the Trump administration. Um, just a lot of people who are temporarily in lots of different roles. 
So there you go. Over one. Here's number two, Tony. This fellow's name is Griffin Hans. Sounds like an old school brewer. Like I could imagine him being used as marketing material. Griffin <laughs> Hans emigrated from Germany at the same time as the the Augustus Bush. Um, sure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say, just based on absolutely nothing other than it sounds like a brewing name that he's a brewer. That's a good amount of logic to use in this game, Tony. How stick with this is the director of brewing ops at. Creature Comforts Brewing Company, uh, a well-known brewery in Georgia, I believe. You're one for two. Way to go. All right. Here's your next one. This is a, uh, I believe this is a lady. Uh, this is Mercedes Schlopp. Trump-aid. All right. That is a Trump-aid. Wow. Do you know this person? <laughs> Absolutely. She has been made fun of by Sam's. Cedar and has been on a bunch of cable news shows. You're, you're watching more cable news than I am, but yep. Mercedes Schlopp is the former assistant to the president and director of strategic communications. A lot of these jobs sound like things that happen at my company. And she's been be reamed out by Chris Wallace numerous times. She's one of the more um, bashable Trump aides. Mm. All right. Well, she's gone now, so. I think she's now involved with the campaign, so there you go. Okay. That's what happens Congrats. to uh, wow. many of these people. Like, so You're there in the room with her, huh? You're chit-chatting with her. Is she? Absolutely. Is she nice? She is, but she's a big, big Chardonnay drinker. Oh, no. But. White zin. No, here comes the white zin, you know. Well, yeah, and but she likes to, like, think she's having a mimosa, but she's not willing to, to stump up extra money that she's not actually paying for this stuff and use champagne, but she uses Chardonnay and White Zin. Unoaked Chardonnay. All right, so you're two for three. I'm worried about some of these other ones because you're going to know who they are. Some of these names are so funny to me that they had to be in the game. Uh, Here's one that I liked. Uh, This is um, Pasquale Cipollone. That that sounds like... (laughs) Pizza maker. That doesn't sound. Yeah. He's the, maybe he's the brewer of the Mamma Mia pizza beer, for all you know. Pasquale Cipollone. I think he's a brewer. That doesn't sound like somebody who would be in a Trump cabinet, but uh, who knows? But Well, he's not in a Trump cabinet, but he is one of the president's lawyers. Ah. Um, He's one of the he, him and Rudy are working together. Rudy and Pasquale are, <laughs> of course, uh, the know. new the new Mario and Luigi. I think if I, uh, that's probably racist, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <No>, whatever. <laughs> Super cool. Uh, so that's uh, what are you at? Two for four. Pasquale Cipollone. Last name is an onion. And here's your next one. <clears throat> Peter Jensen Bissell. Oh, he sounds like he's come from a private school, but would Trump hire anybody with a hyphenated last name? I think that's bad for business. 
Uh, this is the logic I've got to go with at this point. I'm going to Pretty say that, that he's a head brewer based on the fact that uh, he's got a hyphenated last name. Peter Jensen Bissell is a brewer. He is the one of the founders of Bissell Brothers in um, in Portland uh, and big Tottenham Hotspur fan, Peter Jensen Bissell. So pretty cool. There you go. Uh, Good to know. There you go. Yeah, right. Uh, three for five for, uh, and I think actually I was on the same flight with Peter Bissell, in fact, uh, coming home from the Mickler Beer Fest. <laughs> so he was suffering, he was hungover, suffering through Norwegian. So sorry, sorry to Peter for dealing with that. Did you get to um, meatballs on the flight? Like you wouldn't know anything on the flight, dude. Oh. Norwegian Air is a uh, Spirit Airlines type <laughs> European. What's okay. nicer than Spirit? That's not fair. They, I mean, we flew on a dream. Easy jet kind of. Airline. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's just it's nicer than Spirit, but it's not much nicer. And really, if you want any service, you have to just you have to ask, right? There's not really any flight attendants sort of milling about. You kind of have to be like, "Hello, can I pay you twenty dollars for a big beer or something?" I just didn't, you know, we just, I just bought a shitload of weird snacks at the airport and went on the plane and ate chips for six hours. But, um, all right. So you're now three for five. Here's your next one. This is Judson deer. Judson deer. Judson deer. See, I would have said good old boy, perhaps Trump aid. Judson. This was a very baseball player, college Auburn baseball player name to me. Very much so. And and ever nighttime wears the clear sunglasses. Right. (laughs) Uh, Judson. Judson could be either of these things. I don't think it plays well with Trump's brand. I think he's another brewer. Sorry, Tony. Uh, Judson Deer. Special assistant to the president and deputy press secretary. So he's oh, working he's under Kaylee McEnany, I oh, guess. Should have, that name should have rung a bell, but it didn't. He was he took over for two and a half days while she was out with the Rona. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh. I remember that. Um, so special assistant to the president, Judson Deere. Excellent name for that guy. He kind of give it up for that. Um, sounds like he's playing, you know, he's going to be playing left field for Vanderbilt or something. Right. Um, here's your next one. I think some of these are going to get, I'm a little worried. Some of these are going to be a little easy, but, uh, just cause of your familiarity with these worlds. Here, here you go. This is, um, Dominic Engels. Engels. That sounds like a Trump, Trump person. Dominic Engels. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm so used to overthinking these things, but I'm really is a shot in the dark. I'm going to say Brewer. That is a Brewer. Uh, boy, that would be amazing if Trump hired an Engels, like, you know, Marks and Engels, you know. But uh, Dominic Engels is the head brewer stone, actually. Oh, there you go. Um, I was talking of uh, Friedrich Engels, the... Uh, guy who developed Marxism with Marx, in fact. Um, There you go. uh, My socialism roots don't go back that far, so. I was there when he did it, so. Um, 
Here's a uh, here's see that's what's that make you? That's four for seven. That's pretty good, Tommy. It's not bad. Um, I didn't even tell you how many you have to get to not have to deal with the orphanage, but we'll just say you already beat it. That's fine. Um, because this game felt really impossible to deal with. So here's your next one. Uh, this is a uh, Florian Couplant. <laughs> Florian Couplant. <laughs> Well, this this is this isn't even a real name. Um, It's a real name. I know that. (laughs) It's just such a mishmash. If if it had much more of a ring of a name like Sebastian Gorka, then I'd say Trump Aid. But this sounds like a weird brewer's name. I'm going to go Brewer. Yeah, that is a Brewer, Tony. Uh, he's the head brewer at Urban Chestnut, actually formerly of Anheuser-Busch. He left Anheuser-Busch when they did a whole bunch of buyouts, uh, I believe, after the recession. And founded Urban Chestnut, German feller, uh, makes great beer. So there you go. Uh, that gets you a five for eight. Impressive. Uh, here's your next, next one. Uh, this is Robert Lighthizer. That sounds like a Trump appointee. So, and I, it sounds familiar. So, Lighthizer, I'm going to say, well, not appointee, but a Trump aide. Um, I'm going to say Trump aide. You nailed it. He's a trade trade representative, uh, which means whatever, you know. Nice. Robert Lighthizer. This is the one that I told Kelly said that sounded like T. Um, <laughs> and you could believe Lighthizer either sounds like a. Uh, yeah, somebody who is like a, a deputy in the SS, or it sounds like some famous, you know, horrible thing that happened. You know, oh, it was or, the lighthizer. Or it sounds like a beer. Give me two lighthizers. Oh, yeah, it does. Two, two frosty pints of lighthizer. Oh, my God. Now we have to make it. <laughs> it's a lager with cherry Tootsie Pops. <laughs> well, that is a war right. crime. Oh, God. Uh, here's, <laughs> he's six for nine, guys. He's on a roll. Um, last one for Tony. Maria Cabre. Well, there's, there's very few women in the Trump orbit. That's why I'm familiar with Mercedes Schlapp. Um, so, therefore, this is a female brewer. You're correct, Tony. She is the head of brewery operations at J-Way. That was kind of an obvious one, honestly, because there's no she. It doesn't. Trump doesn't feel like he's hiring a lot of Hispanic women to work no. in his administration. So, uh, Tony goes seven for t- ten on the Trump aide or Brewer game, proving that I have absolutely no feel for if he's going to be good at these games or not. Uh, just no, no telling what he's going to know or not. He's he's you know he's all the roller coasters in the. Got Trump's aid, Trump's fucking cabinet. Even though he changes it every six weeks, it's memorized to a T. So I don't know what's going on over there. But. What number did you have me pegged at? What did you think I would oh, I get? I thought it'd be three or three or four, maybe. I mean, all these guys sound like they're playing uh, fucking, you know, either they're coaching, um, like, I don't know, track and field. Uh, at some Big Ten college or whatever, or they or they just sound like German guys. 
Or they sound like um, just like finance bros. You know what I mean? Yeah, or generic so, lagers. Like, okay, so, yeah, just yeah, exactly. So it's it's just a it's a mixed bag. I didn't think any of them that clear enough, but I think some of your familiarity with the Trump verse and the brewing universe to a degree, right, um, probably helped you here. Um, Although Pasquale Cipollone, we'll never, I'll, I'll never find a name that good again. No, that was a ripper. It's a, it's a classic. All right, Tony. Um, the election has ended. The election day special. Um, breaking news. Uh, Joe Biden has won Illinois. So I did want to announce that piece of breaking news. Um, Joe Biden takes the state of Illinois and it's, uh, what, 21 electoral votes is what we have, right? <laughs> I don't know uh, how many votes the, the state uh, 20, of Illinois. 20, 20 electoral votes in Illinois, and those are going to the board for Joe Biden. I can confirm. Uh, what do you, Tony, give us your breakdown. What does this mean for, for the big guy, as they call him? That means his road to 270 is just as hard as it was ever going to be. Um, oh, yeah. But I think it's time we can announce the result of the election and we'll do it um, the Simpsons Super Bowl style where we'll record both and uh, we'll just play the winner or we'll leave both in. Uh, would you like to do the honours of announcing the next president of the United States of America? Unfortunately, Tony, I will... I- all right. <laughs> I'm sort of doing the math of when this show is going to come out, and I'm having a hard time seeing what, you, what you're doing here. But I'm get, uh, wait, I would like gotta... to congratulate Joe Jorgensen on her election to the uh, presidency. Congratulations to Joe and our new vice president, fellow podcaster Spike uh, Cohen. Oh that's, oh, that's the libertarian one. Spike Cohen, yes, I'm, I'm familiar with his infamy. Um Oh, of course, the uh, we're we're coming out election morning. Super early call. All the um, the postal votes have been counted in all the states that they can, and they're already showing a win for either of these two two people. So we can call it that early. Yep, one of those one of these two guys is uh, going to be very prominent. My prediction is that one of these two old hags is for the next four years. That's my prediction for the future. Now, how many um, how many court cases are going to be launched by either side just in regards to the presidential election, not with the election proper, so not Senate races or, or House of Reps, oh. but just purely um, on the presidential front? Unfortunately, I would say that if, if Trump loses, there will be, you know, a thousand and if Biden loses, I would say zero would be based on based on the f- level of fight that Democrats have been willing to put up over literally anything else over the past four years. I would guess they'll sort of lay down and die like they seem to love doing, even though we keep fucking voting for them. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Not, not, not a whole lot of fight in those folks. You got to say we have. I mean, whatever, I've said this before. We have one party that is going to funnel all the money to the top of the country and literally try to kill anybody who gets in the way of that. And then another party that says, oh, please don't. No, <laughs> please don't do that to us. That's not nice. And that's pretty much our two options right now. You know, very depressing, Tony. 
Happy election, motherfuckers. Thank you. <laughs> Are you going to uh, sign out the show, or is this how we're going to end today's show? I mean, uh, sorry. Uh, well, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, you know I love everybody. Uh, big fan of all of our listeners. Um, <clears throat> uh, Tony, you guys, uh, you know our friends can email us. Uh, at uh, beer engine show at gmail.com. If you'd like to get, uh, if you'd like to join the class action suit being brought against us by Mr. DJ college lawyer, Esquire, um, you can hop into that. If you just email us and um, you might make a dollar or something. And of course that, that, um, that lawyer will now be answering all the emails. None of the email replies will come be coming for, for Griffin I for legal reasons. They're all going to Robert Barnes. Yeah. And in fact, anything that's ever been on this show that might have affected the property of them. So if you have a problem with me maybe dropping F-bombs on here, you might want to contact DJ Collard himself and say, you know, what's going on here? I don't, I don't appreciate that. And, but who would do that? I don't know. You can, uh, you can reach out to us on Instagram. Peep us out on Instagram. Um, I don't know what I'm putting up there, but there's some stuff up there. Uh, Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. Follow me on Untapped. Griff AD. Tony is St. Ma's. You can check out these Australian beers that Tony's uh, swigging down. They look pretty tasty, honestly. So I'm kind of jealous at this point. Um, uh, Tony, what else? So I did want to uh, see if, if you guys are interested. I, I did bring up a couple weeks. Um, I'm bringing back the nice me version after I got all mad at, at the, about the election This is friendly me again. Um, if uh, I did mention that we might do sort of a Thanksgiving event and uh, Tony and I have not discussed this yet and I don't actually have a plan for it yet, but if you're interested in maybe hanging out in the virtual pub on black Wednesday, uh, maybe after Tony and I have uh, done our traditional recording that definitely occurs every Tuesday, right, Tony, based on what I'm saying and the, how this show has gone. But uh, we might do it Wednesday that week, in fact, wink. Um, and uh, if you guys want to do, maybe a, maybe we'll do a live stream, play some games, hang out. I know Black Wednesday is a big drinking day in the States, Tony. You probably aren't familiar with it as much. But people go out to the bars, they get real shit can, and they go hang out with their families on Thanksgiving. Uh, probably shouldn't do that. Do not recommend that to our listeners to do get shit faced at a bar. So come on, maybe if you're interested, uh, send us an email and we'll, we'll, uh, I'd rather get the interest before I plan it. So if you want to drop us an email or hit me up on Instagram, if you're interested, maybe we'll do a little black Wednesday, uh, pub in uh, discord or on Twitch or something. And we'll play some Jackbox games and maybe I'll write a live two brews or something that we could play online or something. What do you think of that, Tony? Oh, I, I, I like that. Um, I'm a big fan of that. Stay out of pubs. Come and see us. Yeah, come chill with us for a few hours. Frankly, Tony and I will probably be drinking beers, so it'll be fine. Um, so we'll, we'll uh, uh, you know, drop us a note, drop us a line on one of our channels, uh, Instagram, email, whatever, and let us know if that's something you would you'd be interested in popping in on, and um, we'll get that we'll get that going. So, Tony, any last words for the uh, well for the week? Anyways, not forever. The Democratic Party, the real Lionel Hutz of the political world. And 
And the worst thing, Tony, is that when you say anything bad about the but he thinks you're this is the problem with the two party system is everyone just thinks you're a big Trump guy. So it just sucks. So now I, I wonder I'm I just waiting for for it to get like an email. It's like, what do you like? What do you like, Trump or something? Which I think I've made clear at this point that I'm not not supporting Trump. So yeah, we're huge Trump guys, huge anti maskers. We, we've made ourselves right. clear on that point. The virus. Is I have fake. never done this. Po- I have never worn a mask while doing this podcast, Tony. Not once. Not I once. To make that clear. Never, never. I will never wear a mask while I do the podcast in my house. Ever. You are the fucking Karen of the podcasting world. Oh, right. Um, all right, Tony. Well, I don't have anything more interesting than what I've already said, and certainly probably plenty less. So thanks, everybody. See you next week in a new America.